0: Oh yeah. Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. I'm Dave
1: Boswell, here with my wife, Melina Boswell, and this is our very first podcast. It's kind of crazy, right? Very exciting. Very exciting. We are, this first podcast we are going to go through and just kind of share with you, why are we doing a podcast, number one?
0: Number two, like, why should we do a podcast and who are we?
1: And who are we? And why are we qualified to do this podcast? (laughs) And what does it mean flipping out and
0: flipping Flipping off?
1: Flipping out, flipping off,
0: flipping off, flipping flipping houses, right? (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Well, we're flipping houses and (laughs) we're making a difference. And we want to share um, that difference. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've been doing this now for, oh gosh, I'm starting to age um, quickly.
0: Well, yeah, you're a grandfather. That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: How weird is that? I'm mm-hmm. a grandfather. And I know. That makes you a grandmother, right? Wow, kind of crazy. That's so cool. So here we are. Oh gosh, is it coming up on ten years? I guess I can say you've been in this business.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Wow. So ten years doing this, and you know we are the founders of a real estate investment club um, called New Wealth Advisors Club, and we've been running that club now for, gosh, how long has that been? Six years. It's a good thing I have you. Yes. Because I can't remember.
0: It's funny. Certain details you remember. Certain details I remember.
1: Isn't that uh, weird?
0: Yeah, not really. I think it has everything to do with uh, husbands and wives, males and females. Priorities, you know, basic sure. stuff.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Venus, Mars, whatever.
1: Whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> we started this club a number of years ago. And give you a little background um, for those that are getting to know us, I, I was – gosh, I can actually say that now. I was (laughs) an enrolled agent. I was licensed by the IRS and I grew a thriving tax practice for 15 years. I can't believe I'm saying that. 15 years. I recently did not renew that license because I was able to walk away from that business with the growth of our club and the growth of our real estate business and flipping houses and Gosh, I just I love my life so much more since then. and I
0: love you so much more since you <laughs> gave that up.
1: <laughs> yeah, January till actually it really wasn't January It's was more like December to mm-hmm. May. Ugh. I pretty much lived in a cubby hole, but nonetheless, that's gone. And so hallelujah. yeah, hallelujah. And then we um, during that time you were you well, you've done a multitude of things too. I want you to share a little bit about your kind of some of your background.
0: Oh, well, my background is pretty diversified. Um, ironically, always been involved in real estate one way or another. So, my uh, my trade, if you will, from schooling was um, to be a paralegal. So I was a paralegal for I don't know eighteen years. Wow. And so then in real estate um, as well. So and when I was working in a, in different law firms, I always found myself in some sort of financial. Um, world. So bankruptcy, real estate law, always around real estate finance. So making the transition into the real estate market was a very easy thing for me to do because I'd been working in it for so many years.
1: Mm, Right. So one of the things that we've been together now... 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, 20 years. Do we just start playing with round numbers soon? I think is you do. Sk- it's
0: like you start talking in decades, actually. It, then is that what you're happens?
1: Old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like kids. I don't know at what point they become, you know, like our granddaughter is no longer 18 months. She's, right. you
0: know, two.
1: A year and a half and now two. So we right. don't say no No more like, you know, 26 months. If right. She's now two. <laughs> right. So I guess that's the same with our, our marriage. We're now yeah. uh, a couple decades into this. <laughs> <laughs> so. But during that time, you know, it's hasn't always been, um, well, it hasn't always, it's always had its ups and downs, let's put it that way, like any any other life and marriage and so forth. But, you know, Melina and I, clearly we wanted more out of life. I mean, who doesn't? You know, we we wanted to be able to do more things and, and um, you know, we got in this this real estate game, if you will. You know, I don't believe in luck, I don't believe in chance, so, you know, you were Having a real estate background, somewhat through all the different industries that you worked in, and I had absolutely zero knowledge
0: mm-hmm. about
1: real estate, um, other than from a tax perspective, understanding some of the some of the aspects of real estate and so forth. But you know, I used I used to see a lot of tax returns and do a lot of tax returns. I'm doing you know 500 plus returns a year, and very few of them stood out. You know, maybe that's part of the part of my um, what bored me so much in that industry maybe was that I was spending so much time doing the same thing over and over and over and over. But one thing that stood out to me was anybody who had any sort of wealth always had real estate. Right. I mean, without exception. there was Everybody had some wealth. But when I would talk with people and I would ask them about how do they get this house or how do they acquire this, it was usually things like, well, I inherited it. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom left me this house or – you know, I, I pulled equity out of this house and I bought another house when the market was up or down. And But there was never really anybody that could, you know, tell me, give me a specific roadmap on how to do this. So, you know, much like anyone else, I was taught go to school, get good grades, and those grades will take care of you, right? I mean, right. I was – my parents' upbringing, right, was do well in school and then you'll have a job and then your job will take care of you and then you'll retire on that job someday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously that wasn't um, – that wasn't practical anymore in today's day and age. So I say you and I, but I don't know if I'm the one to take the blame for taking all the seminars and let's go <laughs> do this and let's go do that. And at some point you joined along or you just – but uh, we went on this journey to –
0: feel like I started it.
1: You feel like you started it? Yeah. Yeah, That's which is cool then. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's usually not that way.
1: Because yeah. – It's usually
0: the husband's dragging the wives around.
1: Yeah, so – <laughs> Melina says, "Let's let's start a business. Let's do this. Let's do that." And you know we're we're going through our our um, different journeys along the way. And we went to a lot, a lot, a lot of seminars.
0: Well, yeah, it was because I saw the market crashing. I knew the market was going to crash, and I knew that foreclosures were going to be a thing. And I just needed to figure out how to buy foreclosures. Right. I didn't realize, obviously, the market was going to crash the way that it did, but I, I knew that the market had the housing market was never going to continue, you know, down the road it was. It couldn't get any bigger. Houses could not possibly become more expensive. I remember when I saw a house in Banning, it was like built in the 1920s, 900 square feet, and it sold for 300 and <laughs> whatever thousand dollars, and the people who bought it got 100% financing. Right. And I was like, no way. There's no way this is going to stay. Right. You know, I knew at that point the market was going to bust or at least it was going to decline. I knew people would not keep a house like that for that payment for any length of time.
1: Sure. Yeah. The house is going to fall apart at some point. Absolutely. Before they can ever possibly pay it off. Right. Yeah. So we go on this journey and we end up going to seminar after seminar after seminar. And I I remember specifically like going to a bunch of seminars and every time I went to a seminar, there was another seminar. Right. You know, there's always some sort of sales to right. the next seminar. You yeah. know, we've got this package and then that package leads to this package and then you can have the super titanium package and yeah. all this stuff. And and there came a point where we sort of realized this is all the same stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, it was all the same stuff and um, we were broke.
1: <laughs> yeah. There is so, that. So we couldn't keep buying stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would have kept on buying it. I loved it all.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> The market turns. We find ourselves. Broke. Well, yeah, <laughs> your mortgage loans all dried up.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, well you, let's stop for a second. Like, give credit where credits due because you actually stopped doing loans before. Um, before you had to. In other yes. words, the loans were still there. Yes. And people were still qualifying for them. And I remember you coming and saying, "I don't want to do this anymore." People shouldn't be signing up for this nine hundred square foot. Right. House
0: right. that's
1: way overpriced and or they're pulling out equity lines of credit and buying big toys and boats and other houses they can't afford and
0: I, remember I you- can remember yeah, I can remember a very specific um, one of my clients that I think I had refied his house twice and called me and wanted to refinance again and I was mm. and it just really bothered me and I said you can't do this I remember that and he was like no I can and I said no you can't and then But he, I have equity. Yeah, then he called me back and was mad because somebody else told him that they would put him in this loan and his payment would be blah 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 and he was like yelling at me and I said mm. oh no 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 I'm mm-mm. I'm not interested in doing this anymore. I don't believe that it was the right thing. I felt like it would it was wrong you know for him to to cash out of his house anymore because i knew inevitably he wouldn't be able to afford it right and so it just it didn't it didn't sit right in my spirit and so i said no i can't i'm not going to keep on doing this i got i just this is i don't even believe i'm bringing value to people's lives anymore and once i don't believe i'm bringing value i'm out i'm done i will not work for the dollar right so i just told you yeah i got to stop doing this
1: oh uh, what a scary time <laughs> here i am working from december to may having zero time with family and zero time doing anything else other than taxes. And then at the same time, we had made quite a living through the mortgage business. Mm -hmm. Got accustomed to a very nice lifestyle and had all the toys and all the so forth. And then Melina saying, I quit. Wow. All of a sudden, we couldn't fill up one of those tanks of gas on any of those toys. It was (laughs) was a pretty harsh reality very quickly. And so it got us – got us – looking and specifically got Melina saying, what can we do with real estate? These houses are going to be cheap. People are going to lose them and we need to buy them. How, How can we buy them? And that set us on this quest, this journey, if you will, like going to all these gurus, going to all these people. And then when we got there, we bought other gurus. So there was always some guru coming to some guru stage and then selling us something else. And Melina was definitely one of the first people to line up (laughs) at everyone with the American Express and and buy that information because we thought we just – if we could get enough information, we're smart, we're sharp, we're go-getters, we're motivated, and we're also broke and have kids we need to feed. So we need to change this. And so we got on that journey Mm -hmm. and um, we met a, a friend of ours. That introduced us to another group of people, mm-hmm. and that group of people helped us go out and secure some financing on a foreclosure that um, we found, mm-hmm. and we saved them from losing that house. Right. We were able to cash a check, and I i always remember the number.
0: Right.
1: You know, it's, it's funny. You remember the first one, <clears throat> but if you told me, I like, know. what's the second one? What's the third one? No clue. No idea, but right. that first one, we pulled out $83,210 from that house. Yep. And I just remember $83,210. And we kept 50 of it. Yep. We gave up 33000 to the other people involved in the deal that helped us get it done. Yep. And that kind of launched us. Yes. And right? that launched us to this idea of like...
0: Well, belief. Belief yeah. is a really big thing. Yeah.
1: Up their yeah. confidence. Sure,
0: sure. And that we could really do it.
1: Sure. Yeah. And after we cried and wept and were overjoyed and thankful that, you know, here we were with money in the bank, mm-hmm. the lights weren't being turned off, we weren't going to lose the house, and we came to the realization that, boy, we just, we need to do this again, and right and, <laughs> and again, and again, and again, and <laughs> it, I don't, looking back, I, I know that neither one of us ever, or at least I'm speaking for myself, you can correct me if, if you had a different thought, but we never thought we'd be sitting where we are today, right? Oh, no. Right? So, you know, we're we're sitting well, not here. back
0: then, anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, for several years, it kind of took us a little while, and as our belief got more and more ingrained, and we could make a system out of what we're doing, and and change the model. Right. Really-
0: that was the biggest thing. Was I, I think that at some point I knew we would be successful as real estate investors. That was actually the easiest piece. Mm. The piece that was the more. Uh, difficult or the more challenging, which was also the most enticing, Hmm. you know, by nature for you and me, uh, was how do we help all the other people that we met at these seminars (laughs) have the same realization? Right. Let them experience the same success we were experiencing because we'd become friends with a lot of these people. Sure. You know, we were sitting together in these hotel rooms yeah. And, you know, <laughs> like all over the United States, all over the place and classrooms all over. And we met people from our local area and you and I were like, oh, we figured it out. We actually closed a deal and now it's no longer just theory. It's the truth. Right. So how do we now bring along these people who have become our friends to the same realization?
1: Right. So a couple key things I think that we want to have everybody aware of. So when we talk about this idea that we close the deal, right, because we, we deal with this all the time now, like how am I going to close my first deal? I mean most of the time when new club members or students come into the organization or the club, they their biggest thing for them is like even if I found a deal, I, I don't have, have the money.
0: money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the money. How I do mean, I pay for it?
1: We hear that all the time, right, right? and I, I think we live there too. I mean, sure. It's a very real – realization, right? You go to this three-day weekend in a hotel and you've got these people that are coming in for a moment. You've maybe seen them on TV at some point. You think they're, they're like, you know, oh, they're going to really support me and they're really going to help me. And, and if I find this lead come Monday and I need money to close a deal, how do I get the money to close that deal? I don't have access to money. And,
0: right. But and, that's not really, that's not real. Right. That, that's the problem. That's actually not real. That's not a real concern. It's not a real problem at all. It is, the problem is you don't know what a deal is. Mm. That's actually the problem. People believe that if they can buy a house, it's a deal. Understanding what is a deal and what isn't a deal is the secret sauce. Because money always looks for deals, Mm. always. So nobody ever wants to tell you that though. People want to tell you, you need money and you need this and you need that. The truth is you need to understand what a deal is. Right. That's, that's the reality of it. Right. And the first transaction that we closed was a deal. That's why we found the money. Yeah. And, <laughs> and
1: I think that's a, that's a really big key for a lot of people. Cause you know, you, when you say the word real estate investor, at least for me, it's like, okay, so I'm an investor. That means I have to invest, which means <laughs> money. money. <laughs> and when I look at my bank account and it's overdrawn, mm-hmm. there's no way for me to invest. And one of the, very big keys that, that got us into this game because we had no money to put into that deal. Right. Right. So we find we find the motivated seller.
0: Right. Right.
1: Which is our lead. Yep. And when we find that lead. We were able to put together that deal because of our connections with other people that helped us to align um, all the pieces of that puzzle together. Yes. And close that deal with none of our own money because- We was had none. none. To, yeah. <laughs> where there was none to close it with. Correct. And but some some light bulbs really came on. And I don't know if they came on in that moment. I don't know if they came on in the weeks to come, the month to come, whatever. But one of the things we realized was that you know we had connections with people. Right there was right. there was actual people, local people. These weren't a one eight hundred number somewhere. Mm-hmm. They were in our market. They understood our market, and they helped to facilitate um, even our belief. Right, I think that was a real big key. Huge. So that that gets us moving forward, and as we get moving forward, um, we said, "Well, let's do another one, and let's do another one." And naturally, the more you do, the more we start telling other people what we're doing. Right. Right. We're looking for leads, and we're talking to other people, and other people started saying, "Well, teach me what you're doing. I want to do that too." And, gosh, here we are,
0: <laughs>
1: like a flash, like. Wow, here we are many years later with this huge club and organization and deals that have literally happened. Gosh, all over the place. Right. So I I want people to really get today like, you know, as you're you're listening to our, you know, our very first podcast and what's the the purpose behind this? Well, we want to want to introduce you to us. I want you to know about this. But then I also, wherever you're listening to, like one of the big takeaways from you needs to be this, you're not going to do this business alone. Yeah, You're just not going to do nope. it alone. Um, stop going to seminars and stages and l- going to hotel rooms where when you leave the hotel room, there's nobody there Monday. Because I can tell you from my, my personal experience, there's never been a time where I've gone – to any sort of education, had all the answers come Monday, and could do it all by myself. There was no, always,
0: yeah, you need people. We Definitely need ourselves. a team of people. Yeah.
1: So, you know, here we are with with New Wealth Advisors Club, and and we've been actively growing this club. From gosh, we've got people all the way down as far south as you can get.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've had people now fly from Colorado.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of all the different places.
0: Hawaii.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a couple from Hawaii have spent a few mm-hmm. months over here, mm-hmm. and um, taken back our the systems and what we've done, and helped to get them into a space where they've closed a bunch of deals over there. Right, um, Idaho. Yes, got people from Idaho. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So it's 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 this viral effect that took place. When I look back and go, all I wanted was a little office we could close a couple of deals and
0: help our friends
1: yeah help our friends make some make right. some money and
0: so along the way i think we've created a culture of paying it forward so like the name of the podcast right flipping off <laughs> <laughs> it's a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. And that's really what we've created. The culture that we've created, you know, over the last several years has definitely grown. It has, um, it's morphed into something completely different today than what it was when we very first started. Right. Uh, but the, but the foundation, I think of, of who you and I set out to be, uh, hasn't changed. It's just taken on maybe a different shape. Maybe we are, we're just maybe have more, um, systems in place, more structure really uh, as a result of your skill set. When you take two people who have skill sets like you and I do, you know, you're the guy that has the the grand vision uh, and then has the skill set of the detail, um, the attention to details and the ability to carry those out. And then I'm just the heart probably, I think, behind it that says keeps everybody, you know, focused on the right things, really, you know, connected to our our purpose, which is paying it forward. You know, if you think back to why we started the club, it was because we wanted our friends that we had created to have the same success that we had. Right. And that's how it started was the idea of paying it forward. And then that has morphed into our friends paying it forward to new friends, creating new relationships, and everybody just continues to pay it forward. And that's really the juice or the secret sauce inside of the club is this culture of Authentic relationships um, of people that are truly committed to each other's success, people who are committed to seeing um, others um have great success and more importantly people that are in that are in a vulnerable situation specifically inside of the real estate market right now lots of vulnerable people right who are facing foreclosure who are um downtrodden and there's a lot of people out there taking advantage of them and we're a group of people who are committed to not letting that happen as much as right. we possibly can right? right so we say hey we're going to stand up for the little guy we're going to take a stand for the for the vulnerable one who is maybe being taken advantage of How do we do that? Well, we we set out to serve them, to help them out. And then the deals just kind of fall into place, right? Right. I always say, serve the homeowner. Don't worry about the deal and just watch the money fall in your lap. And that's a weird concept for people to grasp. However we can stand boldly saying, no, this is the truth because that's what we've done for the last several years. Yeah. It's why we walked away from the mortgage business, right? Because right. it was hurting people, it wasn't helping them. Right. How, can I, how can I feel confident or feel like I'm living in integrity if the business that, you know, I don't believe that getting a new loan is really going to benefit a homeowner. It, sure. You know, I didn't feel like I was in integrity. Sure. Now- we get to do that. We get to really serve people. And then, you know, the deals that we're supposed to make money on, we do, and it's exciting and it's fun. And then we get to see a new uh, generation, if you will, of people, not that we're that old, but you know, <laughs> a generation of people coming in and paying it forward right. to somebody new and coaching somebody new and helping homeowners along the way. Right. It's an amazing thing.
1: I think you hit on something. That I, 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 I probably just now put two and two together so when you said you know you're the heart well clearly you're a big part of the the brains behind everything that's happening all the systems that are happening and and inside you know this club it really was formed out of friends yeah that that we wanted to help yeah be able to get into a better spot create leverage you know a big Mm -hmm. component to this game is that you know you need leverage there's only 24 hours in a day
0: yep.
1: and you can only do and, and, and touch so many properties at any given time. And, and you know, we're um, forming this club was was in the very beginning not about like we're going to form it and then open it up to the world. We were really – it was kind of, you know, let's make it exclusive. Let's make it where it's just going to be a few of us. And so we open up like a uh, our very first office over – uh, on Indiana mm-hmm. was, I don't even think it was 2,000 square feet. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, here we are in this little office, and I remember, I remember signing that lease, and, oh, my gosh, we're going to sign a, a lease, and we're going to take, take on rent. We're going to take on rent in someone else's spot, or are we really confident? And we had closed a few deals by this time, mm-hmm. and we had more in the pipeline, mm-hmm. and we thought, okay, we can do this. And, you know, this is around 2008. Mm-hmm.
0: 2009
1: 2008 beginning of mm-hmm. 08 and I remember all of our friends and family were like <laughs> you're insane you're never gonna do this yeah so you made a few bucks in real estate but how are you ever gonna sustain it I mean haven't you watched the news <laughs> like the world is coming to an end dun,
0: dun, dun.
1: yeah right and and we're like but I don't know about the news, but I know we just closed another deal, Mm -hmm. and I know we have another short sale in the pipeline, and I know that we have more coming. Remember,
0: we were saying, real estate's on sale. Are you kidding?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right?
0: Now's the time to buy.
1: Right. Yeah. You show up for- (laughs) Everybody
0: thought we were crazy.
1: You show up for, what is that, Black Friday or whatever before Christmas is launched. You'll show up because everything's on sale, but when real estate's on, or (laughs) day after Thanksgiving, there you go. It shows you how much I go to that. (laughs) And uh, so- but they don't want to do it when it comes to housing, and and you can tie that together because when the housing market drops and people don't have money, you know, then I, I obviously can't do this business right. and scarcity. Yeah, the scarcity mentality is there. So we we go and we open this this little office, and I and I remember your, I remember you not being like wholeheartedly like, yeah, okay, this is something we need to do. No way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Say it like it is. Say it like it is. (laughs) I was like, Are you mad?
1: (laughs) No. What is is wrong with you?
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, we're here doing it out of our house and Mm -hmm. you know, we needed we needed a spot and and most people said, Well, why not just rent a hotel room? Like be like everybody else. You could teach out of a hotel room. And you know, Mm -hmm. for us or for me specifically, I wanted something that I could call home. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, that's
1: what we wanted to create at the club is, you know, we actually call it a you know, a church without walls or a sanctuary where people can come and it, it doesn't matter what they're coming for, but we want to be able to support and meet their needs. And I just don't think that's possible by
0: going <laughs> to a hotel, a hotel. Room. <laughs> nope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we, um,
0: that is the unique thing about our model though, it yeah. is that, um, there's other people now, you know, that are out there training people how to become real estate investors, and now they're even starting to work with them, sure. which is, you know, great. But um, I think the unique thing and that sets us apart from everybody else is our desire to have authentic relationships with, with people. Right. And not that you and I could necessarily have, like, a really close relationship with every club member because that would be an impossibility because the, the club has grown so much. However, the culture that we've created... Is one of authentic relationships inside the club, so yeah. with each other.
1: And it attracts those same kind of people. Right,
0: right. Know. That's the coolest thing. You know, you're starting to see you know, authentic relationships being created amongst club members where they are, you know, in each other's weddings, where they celebrate, you know, their their all the holidays, their birthdays um, together. They, you know, real relationships. They vacation together. We vacation together with... We only really vacation with people that are club members. You know, it's like picking your family. It's amazing. So you know, that is the unique thing that we, that's why it's purpose-driven. When we talk about, you know, the purpose-driven flips, it is purpose-driven. It is driven um, purposely and intentionally to have an impact um, on other people, you know, the ripple effect. Starting, you know, with you and I having a a bit of an impact on, on certain people and then inspiring them or giving them a space to be able to go and serve other people and paying it forward to those other people. And just, you know, remember that Pearl commercial? You probably don't remember you're younger, but anyway, <laughs> there was this uh, pro commercial it, no, you, you just... <laughs> and it was like, and they told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on. Do you remember that? I don't no. remember that. Okay. No. Probably. I wonder if anybody out there remembers that commercial. Anyway, um I think it was Pearl, but so. Squirrel. Yeah, I know. I can just visualize the commercial in my head, and it had these boxes, and it would just multiply anyway. So, that's kind of the idea behind <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, just the just the the ripple effect, the impact.
1: Well, that's really what did happen, because I mean, can okay, you remember that that warm summer day when we're sitting in that little office, and we've got, oh yeah, you know, I do two thousand square feet. I think we had yeah. two or three offices in there, yeah. a little conference room, and. We're having an introduction to our, our club or organization, and all of a sudden, I think we're expecting like I think we're I think we're allowed to fit like thirty something people or forty something people, and over a hundred showed yeah. up. Oh my gosh! And that's crazy. We 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 turn the air conditioner down as low as it could go. And it froze. And it, it froze up. And we're standing it's so there, so hot. And all of a sudden, you look around, and everybody is like. Touching each other with sweat dripping. I'll just, oh, I wish we had that on video. That would have been so funny. But that led to the next challenges, right? Because yeah. here we go. We, we didn't expect this viral effect, people coming from all over the place. And we had started making some money. There was money in the bank. And I get this crazy idea that ends up on a napkin. And I'm sitting there going, I think it's time to build a Bigger office. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? makes total sense. We've outgrown this one, and it's been a whopping, I think, 10 months about that yeah. time.
0: Gosh.
1: We weren't doing this. <laughs> we weren't, we weren't this. even
0: done with that first lease.
1: <laughs> we weren't way. done with the first lease, mm-hmm. and I'm going to our property manager saying, or the, the owner, and, hey, we need to get out of this thing because uh, we're not going to re-up our lease right. because it's too small for us. hmm And we had made all of our neighbors mad Mm
0: -hmm. because we
1: took up parking Parking. for blocks. Code enforcement wasn't happy with us because we're over occupancy. You know they're serious. They really are serious about that stuff. For sure. It's a fire hazard. It is a fire hazard. (laughs) And so I remember going out and saying, we need to find space. Mm -hmm. And now this is 09. And nobody wants to rent to us. This is
0: when everybody was miserable. Like everybody, people who maybe survived like seven and eight, by nine, everybody had been, like, bombed in one way or another. <laughs> their life had been yeah. ruined.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember calling that doom and gloom. Yeah, oh,
0: my gosh, everybody was living in it.
1: That <laughs> was where clients would come in to me and say, please tell me when I'm doing the tax practice, you know, please tell me there's going to be an extension on yeah. an extension on an extension for yeah. my unemployment. Yeah. And there's money in the bank, and Melina and I are going, okay. Um, well, me specifically, I was saying we need a bigger space. We need a much bigger bigger space. I don't want to have to move again in 10 months because I think we're on to something. And, and one of the things we learned was that we could create leverage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We were able to teach people to find leads, mm-hmm. right? Crux of this business, yep. number one thing. You can't yep. find a lead, you can't make any money. That's right. So we're able to teach them to find leads. If they could find a lead, do some analysis on it. They didn't mm-hmm. have to understand it all. They didn't have to be an expert at it. But if they could do that and then Bring that lead back and say, "Help, right, right, then could we duplicate enough of of us basically enough of you and I to be able to talk with people, help people, and then try to put these deals together as that started taking place, we got more and more and more, so I go, why couldn't we you know if we're made if we made you know two hundred thousand dollars, why can't you make two million right It's just adding a zero
0: right
1: you know a couple, but who's uh, counting well. Yeah, well, now <laughs> you're, you're talking about the couple being 20 million. Yeah. Why couldn't we?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we had a zero. So given that, we need to find more people. We need to expand because there came this crossroads for us where it's like, okay, so we have a lead out of San Diego. We have a lead in Orange County. and We have a lead over in the low desert, you know, in Palm Springs. We can't get to all of them, so we got to let, let them go. Like it's impossible for us to be in three places at once. And so we need to build some teams. We need to build some people in different areas. And so I get this bright idea to say, let's build out this office. And I got somebody to look at our business plan and said, sure, you can build it as long as it's all your cash. <laughs> and um, if you fail, you still owe us. We don't care. We'll chase you down. You have to personally sign for it. And you're going to owe us to demolish it. It was They had a lot of confidence in us, obviously. <laughs> So Can we
0: just heard yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And said, Okay, who cares? Let's right. do it. I mean, go my whole model in life, go big or go home, right. you know? I and mean, let's make it bigger, better, faster. So um giving credit where credit's due, we really duplicated what people that we had seen, what other people have done, mm-hmm. took what we saw good in it and said, let's let's make it so We can take what's good about it and then get rid of what's bad about it. Mm
0: -hmm. Or just what
1: doesn't work. Or what doesn't work, yeah. So we decided that we were going to open this club. And so our club, for those of you that haven't been there, we started off as 5,000 square feet and 10 offices. And we built that place. And we have a real brick-and-mortar establishment, an office, like where we work you know, day in and day out and people can come together and collaborate and, and really mastermind and deals and put resources under the same roof with title and escrow and people with money and all those things together, um, contractors. And then we go about two years there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Two years. And what do you know? (laughs) Here we
0: grow again.
1: (laughs) Here we grow again. (laughs) So we need more space. And, uh, you know, 2012, we're sitting there, and I'll—I'll I'll never forget going to management, who didn't have a whole lot of confidence in us the first time, and building this place, and—and and saying, "Hi, Sandra's her name. Hi, Sandra, remember me? Uh, we need—we need more space." And um, she said, "Sure, we'd love to rent to you. We'd love to give you more space." And I said, <laughs> "But this time, I need you to pay for it." Right. <laughs> and here we expand. We're now. As we sit today, we're about 10,000 square feet. Yep. We got 17 offices there. Right. And we have a warehouse there we can – we'll talk about in just a minute. We've got now outlying groups in down in San Diego, over in Orange County, out in L.A., um, here in Riverside. We've got outlying mastermind meetings happening. Mm-hmm. In all
0: those areas. All those
1: areas. Yep. And little pockets and groups of teams Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of the idea of like when you go to a really big church and it's made it into really smaller churches all over the place, these little teams that are growing. And that's brought us to now, right? And we look at like really making a difference. Well, we're making a difference in a lot of people's, you know, specifically club members' lives, pouring in and trying to do everything we can to help them really find their purpose. Right. And we say it all the time. We don't care whether that's real estate or not if, you know, because neither one of us are in love with real estate. It's not like we wake up and.
0: Oh, no, we love hate
1: it. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> I definitely do not get excited about dealing with, you know, contractors and permits and all Cities. those city governments <laughs> and all that stuff that kind of drives right. us crazy. That's
0: what makes you want to <laughs> flip it off, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a different flip it oh, off. Right, but, right, uh, right. Got it. <laughs> the, there's definitely those challenges, but what certainly is real is that the money that's very powerful that's made behind those deals to give us the opportunity to do the things that we love and one of the things I do want to kind of share with those that are listening and you know if you ever come down to our club one of the prerequisites really to join our club is that you know the culture that we're creating is one to serve others and give back and, and and we believe that starts right away it doesn't believe when, you know, you don't give when you've got too much. You know, you don't give because it's like, oh, well, I have an abundance. You give where you're at right now um, and sacrificially. And I and I mean that in this way. We're Many years ago when we were doing all this, we were going to a, a really small church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the church had a small food bank. And that food bank was really just a trailer out behind it where people would dump off canned goods and so forth. And people from church could... You know, what our pastor would say we'd come shopping, you know, once Mm -hmm. a week he'd open the doors and people could walk in with, you know, grab a a grocery bag and grab whatever they needed. And so we really saw a need and said, you know, what could it look like if we took, you know, if, if our club started to provide food for, you know, there's local families here who don't have food. What could that look like? And that grew. And next thing you know, we were providing for not only for our church, but then for, like, it was too much for our church. Like, we needed to find other other people that needed that food, and that kind of grew. And one thing led to another, and then you end up getting an invite. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember exactly how that invite came down, or a friend of a friend, somebody who knew what we were doing and said, Hey, you know, Melina, she really has a heart to serve others, and maybe she'd like to be... um, be on this board of directors for, um, this nonprofit Mm -hmm. that is providing for the underprivileged, the homeless, the needy, whatever you want to call it. And the um, vulnerable, the vulnerable. Yeah. Great. And so she comes to me and she says, honey, I, I got an invite to serve on this board of directors and, um, it has to do with the homeless very specifically. I remember the homeless and, um, I wasn't thrilled. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, you're going to volunteer to work with the homeless. Now, in my previous life, I was in law enforcement for a few years. And and so I got to be, you know, on the streets and I saw what, quote unquote, the homeless look like for me was, you know, the drunk schizophrenic that was finding a place to sleep and wasn't necessarily welcomed by the business or the people the, the next morning when they got there and we get a call to move them along and so uh, they weren't always happy with us and sometimes it was even a little scary and I thought gosh I don't want my wife to be involved in some homeless guy who might be a drunk schizophrenic who wants to stab her one day you know and so I wasn't really all that on board and I remember her coming to me and she she sold me. i closed him she closed me she she baited me really good and (laughs) she said well i want you to come down and check out the um the shelter and i thought shelter i've been to a shelter before that's a place where they have a bunch of bunk beds and you get people out of the elements and this is california we don't really have elements so they'll be fine and so i was pretty closed off to it and i go in and i remember sitting there and and um it was nothing like i thought nothing at all i i I was looking at people that look just like me and you, you mm-hmm. know, wearing right. normal clothes. In fact, I remember sitting there and there's a guy sitting there with a laptop computer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I talked to him and it, of circumstances that led him to the shelter. And that was where he was having housing and but he was going to work every day. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to the one of the CEOs at the time or one of the managers of this place. And he was sharing with me that, you know. Over half the people in the shelter are under the age of ten, mm-hmm. and I remember it striking a chord for me because you know, <clears throat> growing up, I've definitely not had a a childhood or one that led me down a path of you know I, I, well, I always say I didn't I wasn't born with a, a silver spoon in my mouth. It was more like a broken splintered one, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know I was once homeless as well, and so I it 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 hit me, and I was like, man, wow, you know. We have to, we have to help. How can we help? What can we do? And going back to that heart and you really being the heart of the organization at our club, it was a no brainer for you to get involved with them. And here we are, several years later. And when I said there's a warehouse at the back of our of our club, our warehouse has grown from a food bank <laughs> to oh my goodness, I mean, could you have written this script several no. years ago? I mean. No. Well, maybe you can share and elaborate on like yeah. what that's been like for the, the charity and the paying it forward and yeah. really paying it forward in <laughs> such a strange way.
0: Yeah. So, well, the the organization that we're talking about is Path of Life um, Ministries in Riverside. And we uh, provide all of the homeless um, services um, in all of Riverside County, actually, or most of the city of Riverside. Sorry, not just the whole county. Um, but we have several programs where we rescue people. Um from the elements but our motto is to rescue restore and rebuild mm-hmm. so it is really about putting people in housing rescuing them and then helping them rebuild and restore um, to actually break the cycle of homelessness that is what our goal is and so it's a very very cool um, organization so over the last few years i've been able to create a space where we collect um, not only food but toiletry items and things for people we place them from homelessness into homes and so we <laughs> they go into homes and have nothing so we we're, we're able to pr- bring in um take in people's furniture beds lamps whatever store everything and then when we get to get a family into a home um we're able to house it to stock it so it's very very cool it's an awesome opportunity for sure
1: it's kind of crazy when you think about here we are several years ago we're like okay we just got to keep our own home right right yeah and now going out, finding homes, putting people in yeah, these homes intentionally
0: for, yeah, yeah, for the guests,
1: and, I mean, what a what a synergy we've we have with with that organization, with our club, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's it's so overwhelming. I mean, I'm sitting here doing my best not to uh, blubber about it and and get emotional about it, but it really is, um, it really is just that, like, you know. This purpose-driven life that we now have—you know, flipping houses but making a difference—and I, I can say this wholeheartedly: I don't even get excited about flipping houses anymore. Mm-mm. Like no. it is, it is just another deal. And the exciting part for me now is watching when new club members come here. They get their first deals. I Right now, I have two people in particular. I won't mention their names because mm-hmm. – <laughs> but you know who I'm talking yeah. about. And um, we are going to watch him cry like a little baby I know, I can't when wait. he gets his check. Okay. And we have his very first fix and flip <laughs> in escrow right now. Yeah. And I'm so much more excited about – Yep. Like that deal closing and him getting mm-hmm. this check and mm-hmm. what that means. And I know that the charities that he's involved with and what yes. that's going to mean to his charity. Yes. And yeah, that's the juice for this, you know. Right.
0: And, and I was just thinking about that. I was actually thinking one of the things that I think it's important. You know, we have the Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. I think it's important um, for us to share what our mission statement is. Mm. It's probably the the right way to maybe bring it into this little section, which is New Wealth Advisors Club is a group of people committed to empower and encourage all people to realize their core purpose in life. And with that realization, we believe everyone can live an inspired life full of enthusiasm as they in turn inspire others. Mm. That is the mission statement. And we don't really care what everybody's purpose is. We don't care what... Um, each person's charity is or what the things that they're passionate about is. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to pick, you know, the homeless. Um, right. But the thing I love is that people can pick our charity for right now. They can pick, you know, saving and serving the, the vulnerable like we do. They can just latch on to our purpose at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, and that is what creates true inspiration i believe in people when you realize what your core purpose in life is and you have the ability to live it out uh and you have a vehicle which is real estate in our in our case to get you there it's really the way of living a significant life yeah
1: oh that's awesome i um i'm very thankful that we're sitting here doing this for (laughs) the very first time i know and um stay tuned uh we'll be here we'll be bringing you um Next week, mm-hmm. or the next time we um, do this, we're going to be bringing out um, one of our students mm-hmm. and We're going to be members. interviewing,
0: yeah, different students, different success stories. and
1: Yeah. Well, he's just got an amazing story is, you know, we bring out, um, his name's Mike. Mike with a Y. We're going to bring mm-hmm. out and, and have a conversation with him. And, and then Peter, we're going to mm-hmm. spend some time with Peter and really break down and talk about um, – some of the transformations and the lives that have, that have um, dramatically changed and shifted out of this club. So I just want to say thank you to you, and thank you for all that you do and making all this possible and um, really making a difference in people's lives as we look to go flip
0: some more houses. Yeah. So, All right, Dave and Melina flipping out and flipping off.